2: And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. And as usual, we are coming to you around the world from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Explanation, my first guest tonight is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Tom T. Moore. Now Tom is an award-winning author, speaker, and is the entertainment as in the entertainment business, where for over thirty-eight years he has been president and CEO of his own international motion picture and TV program distribution business based in Plano, Texas. Now, during this time, he has traveled extensively, as part of his business duties, to international film markets held in Cannes, Milan, Los Angeles, and Budapest. He is the author of five books, The Gentle Way, a self-help guide for those who believe in angels. The Gentle Way 2, the story continues. The Gentle Way 3, Master Your Life. First Contact, Conversations with an ET, and Atlantis and Lemuria, the lost Countenance Revealed. And uh, for more information about Tom and where you can contact him and also get his books, visit his website at www.thegentlewaybook.com. First of all, Tom, welcome back to the and Great having you with us and congratulations on being uh, winning the best self author for three years. Congratulations, sir.
3: Thank you. Nice to be with you, Ron.
2: Um, tell us, uh, whereabouts uh, are you located, Tom? Are you still in Texas?
3: Yes, Plano, Texas. <laughs> Plano, uh, Texas. Not the greatest name, but it, it's the Spanish word for planes, I
2: believe. And, and, you know, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. How has the uh, pandemic affected uh, you and the other residents of Texas?
3: Well, it's uh, gotten to the point where... Where everyone is uh, has to be wearing masks, yeah. And um, naturally, every time I go out, I request a benevolent outcome mm-hmm. to be guided away from anybody that's ill. And um, so far, so good. Knock on wood. And uh, so we basically stay <laughs> self-quarantine most of the time, and and uh, because there are people out there that uh, that don't. Um, uh, wish to wear masks. Yep. I, I, uh, flew up to, to Denver a month or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, for an, a TV interview up there. And on the way back, there was a guy sitting next to me in the middle seat and he wasn't wearing his mask. And I said, uh, would you mind putting on your mask? And he said, Oh, if it makes you feel better, I will. And I said, it does. <laughs> so
2: there you go. Good. Uh, well, you know, continued health uh, to you and your family and to all the other great people in the state of Texas. And hopefully this yep. pandemic will be petering out sooner than later. Um, I remember talking to you uh, the last time we were on, we talked about the um, contact conversations with an ET. And uh, let me see, also Atlantis and Lemuria. You've had several contacts with ET, if my memory serves me correct.
3: Yes, I am in. A, a weekly contact mm-hmm. with a member of my soul group right. who happens to be having a life as an ET. Uh, he's an amphibian on a, a planet called Nomo in the Sirius B star system. And he's actually o- orbiting uh, overhead in a three-mile-wide and 20-stories-tall mothership with a crew of 900 and their families mm-hmm. totaling 1,500 because uh, many of the crew live their whole lives on this huge ship. And, of course, they are uh, a slight frequency off, so we can't see them and be scared to death. But that's, we have weekly conversations.
2: Now, if my memory serves me correct, uh, your contact is Antura?
3: Yes, exactly. Very good.
2: Now, did the ETs have any idea that planet Earth was going to get struck with COVID-19?
3: Yeah, you know, that's just part of the the learning mm-hmm. process that that we all have to go through and uh, which we you know, didn't have to do any of that stuff but we do.
2: Uh Tom, what is the history of the Gentle Way, the series of books that you've published and authored?
3: Yes. Um <laughs> what is what is the history? Gosh. Yeah there, uh, I started, uh, requesting benevolent outcomes mm-hmm. and they worked absolutely perfectly uh, within my sole contract. And I started out, you know, really with small requests, like a parking space or, uh, or drive to work, that kind of stuff. And it just worked perfectly. And, and so it's, I started writing articles about it and and that grew because people were finding the same thing as they experimented with this modality it worked perfectly and I'd never been able to say that for any kind of modality that I'd ever tried whether it be uh, uh, the law of attraction mm-hmm. which this this is a hundred times better than than the law of attraction it's just it's it's just amazing what what we found is, is that when you say something out loud, it has great energy as compared to just thinking of it and and so that's um, and, and it's especially uh, really uh, has a high energy if everyone says the same thing together or more or less at the same time so so we're talking about great energy mm-hmm. being uh, being produced uh, by the verbal word, and people—I I should say—scientists have mm-hmm. not rediscovered that yet.
2: Would this also be the same principle behind praying? Prayer, you know, a group of people getting together, reciting a prayer. For example, you go yeah. to the—I go to the Anglican Church, and every Sunday we say the Lord's Prayer out loud. Would this be yeah. the same principle as we're talking about?
3: Um, and the difference is, a lot of churches mm-hmm. do. Not, uh, you know, they'll have someone saying the prayer, and everyone else just bows their head right. and thinks it. But if everyone says the same prayer as as does your church, mm-hmm. where everyone is saying the same thing. Then you create great energy when you do that.
2: You know, I re- I remember as a child in elementary school, we would all stand up and uh, say uh, say the Lord's prayer out loud, and then we would all sing "O Canada." And I'm just wondering if that is part of the reason why our school system is so screwed up these days is because of the lack of the of the 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 saying the prayer out loud, or as you and I were discussing a little uh, earlier. Um, would this be equal to the your intention?
3: My intention.
2: Yeah. For example, um, if you're saying, if you're saying, uh, we were saying that it's not the same as the secret, but you say it out loud. So, would this be a mantra that you're saying out loud, or would this just be a verbal request?
3: It's a verbal request. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 you say. Uh, uh, let's just say you're wanting to do it for a group of people. Okay. You say, I ask any and all beings to aid, comfort, and assist such and such a person mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, ill and uh, uh, to bring them back to full health as soon as as benevolently possible. Something in that order. I, you can change this up
2: to okay. fit
3: the circumstances. But when you do that, it's it's this... Sound coming out of your body, and and that's that's what's the the major energy factor
2: because of the vibration.
3: Yes, I think so. Um, I've been told that it it even it has connections with the the blocks of the uh, of the pyramids being used. Hmm. That they used a chant that was at a certain level that lifted the blocks of stone and could it could be moved.
2: Fascinating. Tom, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. It is appreciated, my friend. ExONation, our guest this hour is Tom T. Moore. His website is thegentlewaybook.com and Tom and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to send me an email, exone at tv.com on all social media sites, exone Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for our channel on Simul TV the Exxon TV channel, that is on 724-365, visit www.simultv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Tom T. Moore and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: Irish Cream Cold Brew with Cold Foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try Cold Foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for limited time at participating U.S. locations.
2: Explanation: Tom T. Moore is my special guest this hour. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. dot com. Tom, how did you get in, interested in you know the, the the articles that you write about? For example, Atlantis, Lemuria, your, your contact book. Where okay. where does the interest uh, originate?
3: Sure, I'll take Atlantis and Lemuria first. Sure. One day, I was uh, talking to my Guardian Angel Theo, uh, in a in one of my meditative sessions, and I asked him, "Have I ever had a, a life on on Atlantis?" And he said, "Oh, Tom," he said, uh, "he said that's where the uh, where the general way originated. You uh, had one million followers uh, uh, requesting benevolent outcomes, and then as and this was twelve thousand seven hundred years ago, and." As things got worse between, mm-hmm. between the people of Posadia, who were the Law of One, and the people of Aaron, the uh, island of Aaron, and some five little small islands below that, um, they were getting into wars and things, and it, it was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And I migrated from Pisidia, uh through Europe over to Egypt with 25,000 of my, of my followers. So that that was my introduction to learning about Atlantis, and I just started asking more and more and more questions about their lives and and uh, just everything and about the, the horrific war that wound up um, sinking all the islands mm-hmm. when they went to war with each other with uh, with laser weapons. So um, so that that was the start of that, and then as far as um, uh, as far as with Antura, I was talking to Theo one day. And we were talking about some ruins on another side of the world, and he said I was going to uh, see them one day. And and he said, uh, he said, you know, an ET is listening into our conversation right now. And would you like to talk to him? And I said, no. Let me think of some questions. And so a couple of weeks later, I started. Talking to him, and I eventually found his na- found out his name, mm-hmm. found out his connection to me, and and just enormous information about uh, about the Sirius uh, ABC stars and all the planets that are there, and and even things about the uh, what they call diplomatically the Great War, uh, which I call the Reptilian or the Draco War, uh, which went on for thousands of of, uh, uh, of universal years, universal years are, are, uh, earth years are 10 times faster than a universal year.
2: Tom, how is it that you are able to communicate with the angels, communicate with the ETs? And I don't know very many other people who can.
3: No, there aren't. I'm, I'm told that I'm the only guy in the world that, Actually takes questions from people that send in questions to me mm-hmm. and ask, and I do this every week, and I've been doing it. All my I, I put out a weekly newsletter. All my newsletters since 2007 are archived on my on my website. Right. So, and I have a search box so that people can uh, can check to see if I've asked a question before, or right, and and get more information about particular subject but why so, you why me yeah uh, oh gosh that that's that's a little bit of a story um i i, I date back to nomo too okay I, I was a little this little amphibian uh spiritual leader way back <laughs> uh, in over thousands of lives and uh, and then we started having this major war uh, that was terrible. It was a horrible war uh, with the uh, reptilians, mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to take over planets in this part of the of the, of the galaxy. And um, uh, so I, uh, you know, they they were going on. It wasn't going very well for all these planets. Mm-hmm. And this little amphibian said, "Well, why don't you invite them to take part in the Earth experiment?" And they said, "Oh, that." They, they That would never work, and so another four hundred and fifty universal years goes by, millions of, of beings being killed, and finally they out of desperation they they suggested it, and the reptilians took them up on it so that you know I sort of uh, uh, paved the way for for me my my sole interests are religions I've been around for every single religion, the start of every religion in the world, with the exception two, and those are in the future for me, Scientology and Rastafarian.
2: Okay, so let me, let me see if I've got this straight. You, okay. You're in contact with an ET by the name of Antura, am I right? Hmm. Your right. guardian angel is Theo. Yep. And then there's Ga- uh, Gaia, the soul of the Gaia. Earth and quantum master. Yes. Wow. You've got all your bases and, covered.
3: Well, no, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with the sun, with the moon. Okay, uh,
2: hold on here, hold on here, hold on. How do you communicate okay. with the sun? Hmm? How, do you, how, how do you communicate with the sun? The sun is a planet, or a, a, an exploding but, ball mass of energy.
3: <laughs> well, but keep in mind, every single planet and every single sun mm-hmm. in the universe is insult now our son is like is like a physics master when i talk to him it's like he has to dumb down all his answers to me because i don't have any scientific background okay okay mm-hmm. so he he really dumbs down uh, but but he he said he'll be happy to talk to anyone that wants to talk to him if if you do and uh and but it i i suggest He's, he's a good guy to speak to about very scientific type subjects
2: what is the moon like to talk to
3: oh you know she's just uh, she goes by Luna, mm-hmm. okay and uh, that's that's how she uh, she she goes and and uh, uh, that's you know, I I have just asked her questions just like mm-hmm. I do anyone
2: else. But what kind of character would you say she has? You you said that the the sun has a has a character of a physics master. How would you mm-hmm. describe the character of Luna?
3: I haven't talked to her enough to mm. really feel like I'm I've got a real handle on okay. exactly uh everything about her. It's just that she seems very, you know, very nice and, mm-hmm. and uh, is waiting for more of us to come and, and check out the, the moon.
2: How about Mars?
3: Have had a little conversation. She's really, says so she's going to treat us like, uh, like a, a guest in her house.
2: She's going to treat us like a guest in her house. Is she talking about space yeah. explorers?
3: Uh, yeah, she's waiting for for the Mars explorers to uh, to come, mm-hmm. uh, and she's just uh, buying you know buying her time. After all, uh, you know she's not supposed to have explorers until twenty or twenty five years from now.
2: So, can she tell you if there was life previous on Mars, and if so, what happened, or have you had that conversation?
3: Uh, just a little yeah um, I'd have to say uh, we've had a little bit of that mm-hmm. conversation, but I just we I haven't had enough people ask questions about Mars yet, yes, some, but not to the extent that, uh, um, you know, that I probably need to. You can, you can uh, actually uh, use that search mm-hmm. mode that I have on my articles and news page and put in Mars, and it will give you all the times that I've, that I've asked questions about Mars for.
2: Obviously, based on what you and I have discussed so far, creation, as we are led to believe as it happened, seems to be all wrong.
3: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. From what standpoint?
2: Well, for example, um, you say that the planets, including the sun, have souls. You're able to communicate with them. And nowhere... Can I remember, whether it was college or any of the university courses I took, or even high school science or theology, have mm-hmm. we ever been told or even suggested that you can communicate with the sun, the moon?
3: Well, and we, have, we haven't mm. gotten into communicating with a uh, dog soul that ensouls all the dogs on Earth. Yeah or so No, no, you know, but that, but I just I would just like
2: to, you know, like yeah. I've got to take my break now for the news at the bottom of the hour. Okay. But when we come sure. back, I'd like to get your take based on the communications that you have had with Theo, with Antura, as well as Gaia, on how creation was actually accomplished. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my guest this hour, Tom T. Moore, and his website is www.thegentlewaybook.com. This is the Exxon people, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul Radio and Simul TV. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
2: nation, my guest this hour is Tom T. Moore. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. Tom, in the first uh, part of uh, this hour, we were talking about your communication that you've had with Gaia, with uh, Theo, and uh, an alien or an extraterrestrial uh, by the name of Antura. How do they, do they all agree on the way that, that creation happened? And if so, could you share that with us?
3: Okay. Yes, they do. Now, well, let's start at the first. Okay. Um, there was originally, or there is still now, a creator of creators. I call her Big Mama. You She call... has created billions of creators. Okay. There are billions of universes. Mm-hmm. Our, our, the creator of our universe said, uh, t- told me that, and I've spoken with Creator too, um, Told me that. Uh, uh, Creator was sort of in the middle back, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theo has told me that the creator of this universe would be ranked as one of the top five creators of all the billions of other creators. And so our cre- creator uh, decided to try an experiment uh, because, and this is something that's fairly new information even for me like in the last year or so. There are uh, 10 positive energies that all of our universe and all of the other billions of other, if I can say that, other universes um, uh, operate on.
0: Okay. Uh,
3: There are four negative energies. And and, uh, uh, I'm told that our scientists, since they're not even looking for this, this will be several hundred years before they discover this. But eventually, uh, they will discover that there are four negative energies, and the creator of our universe wanted to see if if these four negative energies could be worked with. So, mm-hmm. hence, was born the Earth experiment. And so, we're in a special space-time continuum that operates within and. With all these four negative energies, and I've had people ask questions. Well, could it be a negative energy? Could be this, it could be mm-hmm. that, and and so far, no one has even gotten close, and and I'm told we probably never will. Now, what's interesting, and I think this is in my newsletter that I just sent out today. Um, I was someone was asking about about the uh, the positive energies if we could see them physically. And I was, uh, uh, and they asked, well, such as a black hole, and I was told that a black hole is is part of those ten positive energies. So, in other words, it's part of that framework. And uh, <laughs> that's as far as we have got. You can see it's it's, it's rather hard. complicated, it's difficult for me. Okay.
2: So, who is the creator? What is our purpose here on this planet? If they have all the answers, what did they need us for?
3: Okay. Um, the creator asked for souls to volunteer uh, for the uh, for the Earth experiment. Mm-hmm. Now, what were we promised? Number yeah. one, it would fast track what's called raising our vibrational levels, or what some people call ascension. Okay. Okay. And Uh, It would fast-track, so we would raise our vibrational levels much faster than, say, our guardian angels, who are also called golden light beings and like to be known as servants of the Creator, okay? Uh, Okay. They're golden light beings because over a hugely long time, they raise their vibrational levels to the point where they glow a golden light, and that's why they're called golden light beings. And so we're going to raise our vibrational levels much faster than they were able to number two is that eventually m- several million years from now i have north the idea how long our souls are uh, from having taken part in this in this earth experiment mm-hmm. plus having millions of lives on all the other planets in in this universe will meld together and become a creator which has never been done before in any of the billions of other uh, creations, and we will take over running this universe for the Creator, and our Creator will go to some higher level that even it doesn't know what's there. So that's that's how it's been explained to me in as easy uh, uh, terms
2: as possible. Where did the angels come from?
3: Okay, they were all volunteers. So. As an example, the guarding Angels, mm-hmm. the Creator put out a call for golden light beings only to watch over us since we were going to be veiled from from knowing about our true existence. And the reason we had to be veiled is that we have to learn how to make all these billions and billions and trillions of decisions uh, that only could be done if we didn't know that we'd had the same problem before. Okay, but you see, to come up with a new. Go ahead.
2: But why do we need to do this if the, the Creator already knows uh, the answer? It makes no sense. Are okay. we, uh, you know are are we being it's used? Are are, are we being used all... as? Are we being used as, as puppets? Are we their entertainment?
3: No, uh, we're we're part of of volunteering for experiment okay. to see if, if somebody could work with these four negative energies. So that's our reward oh. for taking part in the experiment.
2: Okay, and how long has this experiment been going on?
3: Uh, well, uh, of course, you know, in my uh, Atlantis and Lemire mm-hmm. book, uh, Lemuria book, it dates back like 10, 10 million years. But the nice thing about it is there's only seven thousand year, more years ago before the end of the Earth experiment, and I and in my newsletter today I was just mm-hmm. told that I'm going to be a, around for the very very end of the Earth experiment, and I'll be one of. Uh, in fact, I'll lead the uncreation of any buildings or housing or whatever we're using at that time period. Um, and we'll all leave the planet pristine. It will it will become a vacation spot for all the rest of the universe, for the uh, to come and see okay. where it all started. Because we're going to take negative energy. Mm-hmm. See, that's the other number th- not three. I should have mentioned. We're going to take this ne- uh, small parts of this negative energy, and we're going to take it to other planets because they've been sitting stalled. In raising their vibrational levels, and it will allow them to start growing again. So it, there's a purpose to all this.
2: Now, the ET that is circling the Earth in his ship—that is, what is it? Three miles long and 30 stories high?
3: Yeah, three miles
2: wide. Oh, yeah. okay. What is his his job in all of this? Like you've got the angels doing this, you've got the sun, the moon, Mars, all communicating. We've been doing this, been part of this experiment for longer than science acknowledges our existence. Um, mm-hmm. So what does the ET have to do with it and the 1,500 people that are aboard his craft?
3: Okay. Uh, first of all, he's part of a first contact team. That's what okay. it's called. Okay. His specialty is grassroots contacts. And um, uh, after uh, after he's had eight hundred lives on Earth so far, mm-hmm. mostly as an explorer, or um, and and setting up towns from the very start. In other words, laying out the streets and everything. That's his sole interest. Do so does as he? An d- example.
2: Uh, does he have a Does he have an Earth name?
3: Does he have a what
2: Earth name? If this guy has been setting well, up mean, towns, yeah, this I mean, and, that, and the other he's, thing, you're know,
3: He's had eight hundred uh, uh, earth names. Do we know One, any of them? He was he, he, he was the uncle of uh, Marco Polo, and he traveled the Silk Road before Marco Polo ever started writing about it. Number two, I do know mm-hmm. his he was Wea, if I can pronounce that name halfway correctly, uh, who uh, helped Lewis and Clark on their expedition. So those were two of the last of him.
2: Okay so why haven't they made contact yet if they're there why not make contact mm-hmm. and and help us along on our journey or is this part of the the experiment that he's monitoring and if he's monitoring the experiment who does he report to
3: okay first of all they made an agreement with with the governments of the world um, that they that they would not interfere, okay? Um, yeah. In fact, there okay. is what's called the Earth Directive, and that came about back in the Atlantean and Lemurian times when they, when they thought they were helping mm-hmm. us, gave the Atlanteans crystal power, which they turned into lasers in war, and the Lemurians uh, took their free energy mm-hmm. and turned it into hydrogen-type bombs that blew apart their, their continent. So they have this earth directive that they're not supposed to mess with us
2: all, all right, Tom, I've got to take my final break. Please stand by. Exonation, sure Tom T. Moore is our special guest, www.thegentlewaybook.com. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with Tom. And uh, interesting, you know, there's a few questions that I have jotted down during this past 45 minutes, and hopefully we'll be able to get through them all. Once again, if you'd like to find out more about Tom, visit his website, thegentlewaybook.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. I'm coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. Tom T. Moore is my guest this hour. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. One of the questions I have for you, Tom, is where is Atlantis and how can we really prove that it's there?
3: Atlantis no longer exists. First of all, 31,000 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, the continent, which was located in between North America and and Europe and Africa, the size of a size of a uh, of Cuba, uh, but in i i 'm sorry uh, wrong uh, it was ten percent larger than Australia mm-hmm. and uh, it had a line of volcanoes bisecting the whole continent. They all blew up at one time, and most of the continent disappeared underneath the ocean, I see. leaving the ocean completely unnavigable for quite a quite a long time then uh 12,500 years ago that's when Posadia and Aaron uh sank themselves in in that horrific war where lasers would melt the the ground right underneath the people and uh so all the islands uh, sank mm-hmm. and the the seas of the world rose 41 feet at that time and that's when when Noah and his boat floated away um then Lemuria 7,500 years ago uh, it was uh, uh, about ten percent larger than, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, than Australia, and uh, and they blew themselves up.
2: But I but I thought you just said that it was Atlantis that was ten percent larger than Australia.
3: Well, okay. There's there's two continents. Right. Atlantis was ten percent. And Lemuria was twelve percent, or vice versa. Okay, I'm sorry, I'd have to to look that up again. But uh, go with ten percent on both of them, and it'll be close enough.
2: But is there any arche- archaeological proof of either one of these two continents being in existence?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, some of the islands are still left over, like the Canaries, and uh, and a couple of islands off the coast of. Newfoundland and uh, uh, places like that. So they're, they're uh, Bermuda. But you, because this was so many thousands of years ago, there's been a buildup. And I'm told that, yes, you can find ruins, but you're going to have to dig really okay. deep.
2: Now, our, our, all right. So if we look at the, the space between Bermuda and Newfoundland, which is on Canada's east coast, we're talking about yep. something a lot larger than just ten percent of Australia.
3: I, I don't think so. No, I, I, okay. I've got maps on it, but right. okay. Uh, you know, that's uh, it. It doesn't go all the way to Newfoundland. It. Oh, that's a. Top, uh, is uh, that uh, what you're saying? There's. A, I'm sorry. Okay, the top of Atlantis
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, goes to a height of forty-seven degrees on the, the latitude but it doesn't go all the way over to Newfoundland, Newfoundland but there's some islands off the coast and, and maybe it's North America somewhere uh, And I'm sorry I don't know my geography okay that closely. Yeah, that's no problem when we get when we get around there but uh, but there is a uh, uh, there are one or two islands that are left over
2: um. When you were talking to me about leading a group of twenty-five thousand out of Egypt, am I correct that that, that you were the leader? Yeah, it kind of sounds like the story of biblical times of Moses.
3: <laughs> oh, I've never thought of it that way, but um, uh, but Moses did exist. Uh, as I told you, I was uh, I've been around for all the the start of the religions, mm-hmm. and I was one of Moses' son. So I mean. That did happen.
2: Um, no no, dis- no disrespect yeah. here, Tom, but how do we know yeah. that what you're telling us is true? That this just isn't, just isn't a made-up story that you as an author, you as somebody being in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. didn't make up?
3: Well, I wish I was that smart. Okay? I wish I was that creative. But how do we know not... you didn't? Okay. Um, by... I have archived all my my newsletters Mm -hmm. on my website, and and you can go through them, and and you know I'm I'm in the 80 to 90 uh, percent accuracy percentile. Okay, I am not perfect, so that means 20 to to 10 percent of the time I could be wrong on something. But I put it out there. I don't try and Mm -hmm. hide it and say, oh, I, I never said that. It's it's in my it's in my newsletters. Yeah, you can read them. Uh, today's newsletter was twelve pages long. Uh, Every single week. I,
2: I'm not, I'm, 10, not fact, I'm not disputing the fact I'm not disputing the fact, Tom, I, I, that uh, that okay. this information is on your website and that you didn't write it down. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying, well, how can how do I nope. how can I know it's <laughs> true and just not a masterful art of fiction?
3: Sure. You know, I've been told that the way you're supposed to look mm-hmm. at anybody's messages yeah. is does it give you heartburn mm-hmm. or does it resonate with you? Mm-hmm. And if my messages do not resonate with a the person, right. then go on and, and maybe someone else's messages will. So it, it's really up I to see. the individual. I'm not, I, I'm putting the stuff out. I'm saying, this is what I received. And, and I'm not saying, oh, you've got to believe me. I'm saying, if you want. To believe it, fine. If you don't,
2: fine. But you're putting right. your you're you're but, but putting yourself along. you're putting yourself in the very key parts of of history. You know, Moses is what were you nephew? No, nope. uh, son. Oh no, Moses is son, and and okay. then and, G-
3: and uh, let's go on. And for Jesus, mm-hmm. I was um, uh, I was uh, Salome, or however she pronounced her name, the uh, the mother of uh, James and John. And one of his, one of his female uh, disciples. So, uh, for Mohammed, I was a friend. For, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Krishna, I uh, Krishna, the Hindu people yeah. don't know, but he uh, incarnated seventy-seven times in a row as Krishna, and I would come along, and ever so few lives or so, I would drop in, and both of us were in the mob Harada. I can't pronounce that war together. Uh, that was actually fought with a nuclear weapon.
2: Once again, how can you prove that what you're saying is true? Besides the fact that if it doesn't resonate with us or if it doesn't give us heartburn, uh, what's the proof?
3: Well, I hope the the proof is coming because one of the things that that Theo, pardon me, that Anturo told me. Uh, just before I closed off my first contact book, mm-hmm. was that uh, my family and I are going to shoot the first documentary on board his mothership, and one of the things that we're going to look at mm-hmm. is all the the footage they have of uh, of our past history. So hopefully that'll come along.
2: And if it doesn't,
3: if it doesn't, I'm I'm content with with having brought people back to the gentle way. That works in their lives, and it makes their lives less stressful and more successful. But how does that, it make? How does it? How that's does I, for me.
2: How does it make your life more stress-free and more enjoyable?
3: Because you request when you request benevolent outcomes for, mm-hmm. some, for something. Uh, let's just say I, at one time I was sued for a million dollars. I requested a benevolent outcome. Eventually, uh, in mediation. Uh, I, di- I didn't have to pay anything. Okay, that makes that made my life a whole lot stressful. Could that I guarantee you.
2: could that just have been coincidence?
3: Could have been, but but I was told by the attorney before we get went into the mediation with mm-hmm. uh, with two uh, with a network and a uh, another distributor with uh, with these producers that were suing us that uh, that I was going to wind up paying something, and I didn't.
2: And this is your proof of the legitimacy of the claims that you're making, and and the evidence.
3: Oh, I'm just saying that's just one of the examples I see. of how you can make your life uh, easier. I have a lady up in uh, up in Canada mm-hmm. that uh, that they were going to lose their their family vacation house, and uh, she requested a, a benevolent outcome uh, to win the lottery. She won uh, one million Canadian doll- dollars and was able to save her her vacation.
2: Well, you know the old saying, you can't win the lottery unless you've got a ticket. Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, It's been a rather interesting hour. I didn't know we had such famous people listening to our show and wanting to be on here. The son of Moses. Wow. A guy who communicates with an extraterrestrial That orbits the earth in a UFO that is three miles wide and 30 stories high. My God! He talks to angels. His angel is Theo. He talks to the planets. My God, where do these people come from? (sighs) You be the judge. Send me an email, exxoneraadiotv.com. That's my email address. But in the words of good old Penn & Teller, in my opinion as well, this was 100% bullshit. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Man alive. Where do they get these stories from? He's got a good imagination. Doesn't know his geography. Made a few mistakes on his math as well. But, hey, what the heck. He is the son of Moses. We'll be back. Don't go away.